seemed to our man, Jim Mason, highly likely that whoever did the raids had access to inside information. Organised crime loves being able to blackmail or bribe insiders so they can get inside information. Machine guns and other military weapons have been stolen from military armouries. I'm Andrew Rule. This is Life and Crimes. Today we're going to look at the strange coincidence that registered shooters with gun safes in their homes are regularly broken into as if they are being targeted by expert thieves with inside information. Now, this is an easy allegation to make, an easy conclusion to draw, and so we should be very careful that we don't jump to the wrong conclusion. But it is an intriguing area of interest, and it's one that I've held for several years because every now and again I hear of examples of what appear to be targeted house burglaries where it is very difficult not to believe that people had inside information about who owns what and where. And what we're talking about here is not so much farm properties. Obviously, if you're a thief and you go up into distant parts of Australia to properties where people run a lot of livestock and where there are a lot of pest animals like foxes, rabbits, wild dogs, etc., the farmers there will own firearms to a greater or lesser extent. And that the thief knows that if he or she can break into a, a farmer's property or sheds while the farmer's away, there's a fair chance you can break up in a gun safe and, and get a gun or two. But we're not talking about that because that is sort of obvious. What we're talking about here is extremely well-targeted crimes. And I'm going to start out with an example of someone I talked to recently, a long-time shooter, registered, licensed, sporting shooter, who lives on the Mornington Peninsula. This man is a respected tradesman. He's been a shooter since he was a teenager. He, in fact, is a highly competitive clay target shooter. He shoots clay birds, as they call them, with shotguns. It's his sport, and he competed at a national level. And as such, he owns or owned a quite valuable competition shotgun, as well as other firearms, you know, rifles and so on. And this man back in January 2016, that's almost five years ago, he had been recuperating from a back injury, which he suffered doing his building trade. And while recuperating at his home on the Mornington Peninsula, he didn't leave the house. And then one day he felt a little bit better and he thought, I'd better start walking. And he left the house and he went for a a good, long, slow walk. And while he was out, it would appear that someone was watching him because while he was out, an expert thief broke in his back door fairly easily by forcing it, went apparently fairly well straight to his gun safe, which was bolted to the floor of a walk-in wardrobe in the master bedroom rummaged around through the clothing and found the key to the safe, which thieves can do sometimes. They're pretty good at guessing where keys might be. Opened the safe and took his good competition shotgun 
and a couple of rifles that he had there, three or four of them, and made off with them. So when our man, who we will call Jim Mason, not quite his real name, when Jim gets home, he finds out the bad news. He reports it to the police who turn up from, I think, Rosebud. They don't show a lot of interest because it's what they call a cold berg. The crooks are well gone. They don't check for fingerprints. I think they said that the safe had a galvanised coating and wasn't suitable for fingerprints. They weren't particularly interested in chasing it very hard. And they said, well, you're insured, aren't you? And he said, yes. He said, that's not the point. It's a very good gun. I don't want to lose it. I'd I'd rather get it back. It's not about insurance. And they said, well, you know, see you later. Bad luck. So sad, too bad. And that was that. In the end, he got his insurance and life went on. But recently, and this is why he contacted me, recently another police officer in a distant suburb, in fact, in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, which is a good hour and a half drive away from the peninsula, searched the house of a known crook, some burglar or drug dealer or whatever, and he found our man's competition shotgun, which used to be a beautiful firearm designed specifically for our shooter. It had a stock specially made to suit his body shape. And it was very sad when it was found because the barrels had been cut down, sawn off, which, as the owner said, was a bit like drawing a moustache on the Mona Lisa. However, the good news was that they hadn't altered the stock. So when he eventually gets that firearm back from the police, he will be able to have new barrels fitted to his original stock and use it once more for competition shooting. And that's well and good. But what galls that shooter is this. He thinks his house was targeted. And he thinks his house was targeted because similar things have happened in the area in that same year. He says that around the corner from him is another shooter that he knows of. And in the same day that his place was raided, so was his friends around the corner. Then he heard through a friend of a friend that another shooter elsewhere in the same suburb was also raided at around the same time. So there we have three shooters, registered shooters with registered firearms who have all been raided by these thieves, targeted by what appear to be extremely efficient and professional thieves. But the plot thickens. When he talked about this to the local gun store, there is a very big gun store in Frankston called Miles. A Miles gun store is renowned throughout Australia as being one of the biggest and most professional gun stores there is, and they, they know a lot about the business and a lot about insurance claims and all the rest of it. And the shooting community often talk to the people who work there. And he found out to his amazement that there'd been 26 thefts of guns on the Mornington Peninsula in the same year, in the year that his place was raided. A troubled young woman, her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. 
Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. And here's where the plot thickens again. These were not all members of one club. They weren't all clay bird shooters. They weren't all field and game shooters. They weren't all target shooters. These shooters were all different types of shooters. Some were, you know, just deer hunters. Some were pistol shooters who shot targets. Some were clay bird shooters. They were all different. But the one common element, of course, is that they were all registered shooters and that their names and addresses and a list of the firearms they own are held at the Central Firearms Registry. And it seemed to our man, Jim Mason, highly likely that whoever did the raids had access to inside information, that they were getting info leaked from the firearms registry. And when you start looking into this, it gets more and more interesting because a couple of other people live down that way. They are a father and son. We will call them um, Bill and Boyd, but they have the same surname, Bill and Boyd Smith, let's say. Bill and Boyd Smith, not quite their real names, they both live in Dramana, and the same week or fortnight, about three years ago, the older of the pair, we'll call Bill, his house is raided and they got his one lonely old shotgun out of his safe. Obviously, it wasn't much of a, a collect for the thieves. Within 10 days or two weeks, his son's place is raided. Same surname, same suburb. Very interesting that. They raid the son's place the guy we will call Boyd. Now, Boyd is a registered owner of something like 13 firearms. He's a prolific competition shooter, but he also goes hunting for deer or whatever it is. I think he goes to duck opening. And so he owns a range of firearms because he's a bit of an enthusiast. And this, of course, was a eureka moment for the thieves, or it would have been had it not been the long weekend, Queen's birthday weekend in June, because he'd gone away shooting and he took some of his guns with him on his shooting trip and he left the rest at home. So the thieves, instead of getting 13, got seven guns. Now, he was struck by the fact that his father, who has the same surname, living in the same suburb, was knocked off before he was. And it seemed to him that someone somewhere had a list with both names on it, but perhaps didn't realise which one was the one with all the guns. And having knocked off the one that only had one gun, they then went around to the other guy's place and got the one with lots of guns. And this gels with other information that I have heard over the years. Because about three years ago, friends of this podcast who live on the outskirts of Torquay, on the other side of Melbourne, so the other peninsula, on the surf coast, my friend is... An airline pilot. He lives in a semi-suburban setting on some acreage, but semi-suburban. So there's nothing to suggest overtly that he will be a shooter who has guns on the property. You know, he's not driving a ute with Winchester stickers or any of the sort of stuff. He doesn't have an online presence. Anything to do with guns, no one would know except the police who turned up at his house a few weeks before his safe was raided to do a random inspection of his gun safe. 
And he found it most interesting that his safe was inspected one week and within a month or six weeks, some very well-informed thieves entered his garage side door, stepped across a case of Grange Hermitage wine worth quite a lot of money and walked over to his gun safe, which was quite a substantial gun safe, cut open the padlock on the gun safe using heavy-duty bolt cutters, took the padlock with them because they didn't want to leave any clues lying around, being wise thieves, opened the safe and removed his guns and took them away with him or them. The interesting thing here is that maybe, it again, that it's not random. Our airline pilot, as I said, didn't have any outward signs of being a gun enthusiast. Neither did the guys that we mentioned over on the other peninsula. Jim Mason and Bill and Boyd take great care in never having any outward sign of being involved in shooting. They don't have stickers on their cars. They don't have a Facebook presence. They don't send out, you know, emails and stuff that talks about shooting. They're very conscious of security and keeping a low profile. So in all these cases, none of these people stood out to the public. In all these cases, someone somewhere needed inside information, whatever that was. Back to our airline pilot at Torquay. He has other friends, other neighbours, other relatives, and they all talk about what happened. And lo and behold, it turns out that more than one has had the same thing happen. Along come the police to do a random inspection of their safe and look at the firearms in the safe and make sure they tally against the list. And within a relatively short time, there is a highly targeted theft. Now, they can't assume that the police that actually did the inspections are involved in this because that would be a risky assumption. But it might be that the information that is accessed somewhere at a firearms registry or at the, say, Geelong Police Station or whatever is able to be seen by someone who can tip off the bad guys. And this is where we get into the area of organised crime because the thing about organised crime is it's organised. And what they love more than anything, the guys who run stolen car rackets, chop shops, you know, the bikey gangs that traffic in guns, traffic in stolen parts and traffic in guns and drugs and all the rest of it. They love to have inside information from things like motor registration brands because if you have an insider at the motor registration branch, you can find out who lives where, what car they drive, etc. If you have an insider at the employment agency, same sort of stuff. You can find out where people live. You can find out banking details, all the rest of it. And organised crime loves having inside mail. Organised crime loves being able to blackmail or bribe insiders so they can get inside information. Organised crime loves rubbing up against um, law enforcement officers in neutral settings such as gyms where guys deal in you know, steroids and to do weights and all that sort of stuff, at gun clubs where guys go shooting and talk to each other about shooting and might talk about uh, unregistered weapons or ammunition that they can buy and sell, all that sort of thing. These are the places where contacts might be made and where law enforcement people could end up being uh, either conned 
or blackmailed or somehow dragged into an underworld connection in some way, either willingly or unwillingly. It doesn't really matter. Once the bad guys get their hooks into people, into prison officers or police or anyone like that, they are then able to blackmail them because they say, look, you did this for me. How would that look if your boss knew about that? How would it look if, you know, the boss knew that you were knocking around with me and we'd been out doing naughty stuff? Uh, It wouldn't look good, would it? So then they're able to get them to do more and more serious offences. And this, of course, is how the bikies work on soldiers. Soldiers work at military bases where they have access to armouries full of weapons, full of ammunition, grenades and things like that. And uh, it has happened often in Australia and more often than we know about. More often than we know about. And we do know about several events where machine guns and other military weapons have been stolen from military armouries and it has been swept under the carpet because no one really wants to admit that the army is so stupid that it keeps weapons where the ordinary digger can tell his no good Hells Angel mates where to steal them. It has happened at Holsworthy. It has happened It has happened at Williamstown in the past. It has happened in Darwin. It has happened all over the place where the bikies get involved with the soldiers who, of course, tend to have similar interests. Some ex-soldiers become bikies. There is a, a confluence of interests which can lead to very unhealthy relationships. And this is something that the authorities are aware of but very very sensitive about. They don't want to talk about it too much because it could lead to embarrassing exposures. It seems to our friend, to wind up our story today, it seems to our friend Jim Mason, who lives on the peninsula, that there is something going on here because when he was told by a really good, honest and helpful police officer from the northern suburbs of Melbourne that they'd found his good competition shotgun. He did chat to that police officer about this coincidence of registered shooters being targeted by thieves. And the officer said, look, you've stumbled onto something here, but it's above my pay grade. It's more than my job's worth to uh, talk about it. There is something very smelly going on, but I can't help you more than that. But you should look into it. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Mason is talking to us. And that is why we're not using his name. Because there is something going on there. It has come to our notice before. And today is just a way of pointing out to the authorities that something is smelling at the firearms registry. This week and every week, Life and Crimes is brought to you by subscribers of the Herald Sun. If you like the podcast and want to support it, go to heraldsun.com.au forward slash Andrew Rule and click on any article to begin. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother, 
It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilant. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.